the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Every year we get the State of the Union address where, in theory, the president talks about the economy, jobs, wars, peace, what have you. I like looking at the state of the Internet year over year and seeing how things are changing. What, what's popping up? What's got the attention? Who's taking the lead? Who's dropping the ball? Public company, uh, not public companies. How do I say? I want to talk about why it's important to pay attention to tech spending and tech overall. Public company research and development is R&D, research and development line, is a big line item in financials of corporations and how much they're spending and how much they're spending year over year. Six of the top 15 R&D companies in the United States are indeed tech companies. Amazon is spending the fastest growth. Google Alphabet throws a ton in. Intel, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook. And then you get companies like AT&T and Verizon who are kind of tech companies, pseudo-tech companies. ExxonMobil, General Motors, not so much. You know, General Motors and Ford. And uh, you know, they want to be involved in technology, for sure, of self-driving cars. And they're in a good position, all things considered, because of their dealers and their years of experience in manufacturing. I think they're not so good at is the technology, but they're working on it in theory. So... We spend more faster on technology than we do on healthcare. Could we come up with the cure for cancer? Maybe. But we're certainly going to come up with, you know, faster internet speeds before that happens. In the United States, we look at tech companies as aggressive competition. And that's why they have to spend so much money on R&D and CapEx. And then you see a company like a Facebook, you know, kind of dominate social media. And they go out and buy um, WhatsApp, and they go out and buy Instagram, and they kind of you know see where growth is going, and they, they just buy that that leader, and then they throw their money behind it. And you're like, is that fair? It's like Google when they bought YouTube for a couple billion, and everyone's like, that's crazy. Now they're like, that's the biggest television network in the world by far. So it's pretty aggressive. It's pretty um, cutthroat. It's fairly transformative at times. E-commerce is a percentage of retail sales. Back in 2007, it was just 4.5%. Now it's almost 15%. So those big numbers that we were told years and years and years ago are true. But it's tough to be in the moment and go, I wonder if that's going to be true or not. E-commerce is getting all about growing into mobile, interactive, personalized, front door. Um, pay seamlessly. Lots of recommendations. You know, one of the greatest, uh, not one of the greatest, but one of the areas that I remember distinctly was, you know, Amazon. 
And when I started, you know, I don't know when or how, but you started reading the reviews at some point. Like maybe you'd get a desk and it would come and it'd be made out of cardboard. And you're like, God, why did someone tell me it was made out of cardboard? And you're like, you forgot to open the box. You open the box and it's made out of wood. But yeah, there are people there that'll tell you in reviews if it's good or bad in their opinion. And then you have to kind of trust those. You kind of have to hope that you live in a world where the cardboard desk company isn't posting reports of how great their cardboard desks truly are. So offline merchants are starting to set up point of sale systems that are more modern, like Square. But some of these software services that the retailers are coming up with are growing actively because not only will they say, you know, we'll gladly handle your transactions, your credit cards, but we'll also do some short-term loans for you, some analytics, some invoices, payroll, what have you. So even offline technology continues to still grow, even when it's tied towards retail. A lot of technology in the last couple of years has gone into online payment systems like Stripe and using their API integration into your platforms. A lot of integrated fraud prevention going on that you may or may not go know about. I've seen a couple times when I went go to buy something now that it offers me a loan. And I'm like, I didn't really look for a loan. But let's say you buy, you go to Pottery Barn and you go, I'd like um, a desk and it's $2,000. You can get, you can set up a loan right there while you're buying it. Um, you're approved. It'll say for $300 a month for blah, 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 for blah, blah, blah a period of time. So you're seeing more and more integration of customer support, which I find kind of annoying. Every time you log on to an app or every, every time you go to a web page now, there's a little pop-up boxes of, you're trying to buy said desk from Pottery Barn online, and it goes, do you want to talk to an associate? Do you want to talk to an associate? One of the things the Internet hasn't done a great job of yet, but there are some services starting are kind of like white glove services where they'll even find you customers now. You're like, whoa, I've got product that I want to sell to people, but I don't have a good marketing arm, but you're starting to see that pick up. Delivery uh, services. This is the one that I remember back in 2000 and going, wow. Because every year you hear about Amazon and how, you know, the Black Friday, more packages than ever before, more packages than ever before, even more packages now than ever before. Every year you hear about it, right? And they're, you know, how many are delivered per year? It's pretty insane when you look at it. Um, United States Post Office is pretty dominant. And then it's followed by UPS. Between the two of them, you've seen you know pretty good growth year over year from you know three point six billion packages for United States Postal Service up to where they are now of over five billion. But then you see FedEx is you know a small part of the portion, but the overall delivery continues to climb as far as number of packages per year. So I, I would say things are healthy, right? One of the areas I kind of want to circle back on because I got the time right now is that Amazon search product, product reviews. At one point in time, Google was dominant, where if you wanted the best new TV, you'd hit 2018 best new TVs. And you'd see consumer reports. You'd see all these reports pop up and you'd, you know, 
Google them or Bing them. And now you're just going straight to Amazon and saying best TVs or TVs, 40 inches, highest reviews. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do wildly appreciate it. Happy summer. My goal is to get you to retirement, to get you a little bit wealthier along the way, cut down on some mistakes for sure, but also getting you thinking about you know how to view money in a healthy manner so that, A, you don't go off uh, and make mistakes. There is nothing worse, in my opinion, than making a financial mistake because it really hits home that, like, whoa, I just lost a lot of money. I've told a therapist or two in my life that I've done things like I order incorrectly. If I like one shirt, I'll order five versions of it. That's not smart, right? Have you had any problems making financial mistakes where you go, oh, the historic Trump Kim summit in Singapore is over. I was trying to watch a little late night television last night. Couldn't sleep terribly well. And boom. Out of nowhere, Donald Trump's doing a press conference from Singapore on ABC, NBC, CBS. Chairman Kim committed to work towards complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, while President Trump provided a security guarantee to North Korea and said the U.S. will stop its war games with South Korea, which was kind of, these are all very, very big issues. In the past, uh, we did not say that military exercises were provocative. We said they were military exercises that just happened to be in between South Korea and North Korea in that little area. So for us to do that, we're kind of saying, okay, this is a very, very bad man, and we're willing to negotiate with bad man. He's not an elected official. He's a bloodline monarch, essentially. He's had his brother killed as a threat to his half-brother, as a threat to his power. And we're sitting there saying, you know... We feel like we know each other, and we're saying nice things about him, and it's it's not cool, according to a lot of people. Now, there's kind of a wait-and-see attitude with everything that is happening right now. We'll wait and see how this whole North Korea thing works out. We'll wait and see how earnings play and how the iPhone tennis. is. We'll wait and see. We're not selling first. Corporate news is not uh, moving the market much today. There is an AT&T Time Warner merger announcement expected by the court today. A lot of corporate headlines have generated company-specific responses. Restoration Hardware and Dave & Buster's um, showing us that you know there's some decent responses out there for consumer discretionary. So the consumer doesn't have to spend money at Dave & Buster's or doesn't have to spend money at Restoration Hardware. And they're being discreet about it, and they are doing it. They're being discreet on how they spend their money, but it's it's kind of excitable right now. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Air ambulances are flying more patients than ever and leaving massive bills behind. Can you imagine getting rear-ended? Let's say, not at a parking lot, let's just say a minor car accident, but you're kind of out in the mountainy area. 
There isn't a real close hospital. And just to be safe, they, they want to evacuate you. Now, that is one of those air ambulances that you'd be like, whoa. So a 90-minute drive cut down to about a 40-minute flight equals about $45,000 in medical bills just for the flight. Now, I've had family members think that they were going to have a heart attack, so I'd drive them off to the hospital. They felt dizzy. They felt a little, little off. And 12 hours later, they're being checked out of an ER with a $50,000 insurance bill, which they're covered with Medicare, Medi-Cal, up to a certain dollar amount, and then they're not. It can get expensive making mistakes, right? I feel like this year I'm talking more about mistakes than I'm talking about winning ideas, because I feel like maybe the winning ideas aren't have kind of played out. There's a little bit more fear, not fear, a little bit more risk in them. Michelle Wolf has that new show on Netflix, and she's making all sorts of head, headline news right now for basically attacking Ivanka Trump after Samantha B got into two, some hot water for attacking Ivanka Trump. But Michelle Wolf's coming out and saying, you know, I agree with uh, Samantha B. Now, it's interesting because Corporate sponsors are pretty crazy. Not crazy. Mm-hmm. Corporate sponsors can be pretty interesting to work with because they don't want a lot of controversy. So pulling off you know, a show in this day and age is a little bit more difficult. I heard Anthony Bourdain talk to the guy from the trash show, the garbage show. Gosh, now I'm going to forget his name. Um... And uh, Mike Mike Rowe from Dirty Something. And the two of them were talking about how, like, there was one time that uh, Anthony Bourdain's in Italy. And they're going to eat fresh octopus. And the, the, the restaurant manager took him underwater to go grab some fresh octopus. And then someone up above was dropping frozen octopus in the water to make it look like, hey, look, you got some octopus in front of you. But they were so frozen that, it, well, it was a problem. And Bourdain's like, you know, he, he got trashed. He's like, I can't say this is real TV when this is what happened. So he basically got trashed, called the guy out. And that was kind of the, the dawn of his show of, you know, getting trashed. Sponsors aren't going to like maybe. But there was a, a, a bitter honesty, bitter honesty about why he was. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, Bodie Miller and his baby daughter passed away. 19-month-old daughter, the most successful skier in U.S. history, fell into a swimming pool. Um, it makes no sense. So 19 years old, never in a million years did anyone ever think that a 19-month-old would have to be uh, buried so that's something that, that I like about my job is that it does make a lot of sense. Investing is a lot easier than we make it out to be. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and getting you to retirement. It's been a funky, funky year. And like I said, I think one of the themes seems to be waiting for, waiting to see if North Korea is going to play along, waiting to see if earnings are going to be consistent, waiting to see where interest rates are moving towards. Lots going on in those kind of areas, but we're not selling off either. We're waiting. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, we've been waiting on bated breath for this whole North Korea summit to be over, and now it is. How do you feel about it? As it changes the stock market, is the world a safer place? Is the market going to record highs? Well, uh, hi, Rob. Good to be back hey. with you. And, um, you know, I think that with the summit was, in one sense, anticlimactic, but I think that the market had grown to expect that. Um, it's not inconsistent with President Trump to make uh, kind of a lot of grandiose statements that don't have a lot of details that go with them when, when it comes to, you know, uh, big events like this. But, you know, but at the at the end of the day, um, it's positive in terms of, you know, lowering the geopolitical heat, if you will, surrounding North Korea. Um, you have the two sides talking, which is certainly much more preferable than uh, than talking against one another and uh, kind of like dangling this uh, specter of some potential military conflict being on the horizon. And, and uh, so they've taken a step back from that precipice. So from a market standpoint, I think you can interpret it as a positive, but obviously with North Korea's uh, very suspect history, you know, there's still ample room for doubt as to whether, you know, uh, North Korea is going to follow through on its commitment to denuclearization uh, in any rapid fire fashion. Um, so so everything, you know, is going to remain to be seen. Uh, I think that the market had, had somewhat already priced in the prospect of, uh, of at least a neutral to positive summit uh, and was not banking on the notion that you'd see a negative outcome only because uh, it, it seemed unlikely that the president would go all the way to Singapore and just, you know, walk out after a few minutes and because there was, you know, even though he threatened to do that if, if he could tell that, you know, Chairman Kim was not serious. But I think the market already had it in its mind that there could be at least some positive headline coming out of the summit. And, and, and I suppose we got that. <laughs> All very good stuff. Um, but there is kind of a anticlimactic feel to it. And yet we look at the headlines and Briefing does a great job of showing us some of the events that are coming up, briefing.com. And one of them is the whole Brexit issue still on the agenda. Then you get the politics for 2018 and the Congress later this year. But then what is the Fed going to do? Are we in more of a waiting game right now because we're closer to a high than we are typically this time of the year? Because I, I honestly, I couldn't find anything to do a TV, um, a television um, segment on yesterday. I just didn't find the stories were all that compelling. It was like, oh, we got to wait. Oh, we got to wait. Oh, we got to wait. <laughs> Um, it feels to me heavily stuck in a waiting, which is, it's horrible at an airport. It's horrible on the wall street. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's funny, you know, and listening to your, your lead in it's, it's almost like we're, everything we're waiting for is that we're, you know, effectively waiting for some shoe to drop, you know, okay. if you will, you talk about the fed, you talk about market rates, talk about North Korea, talk about China, Canada trade, you know, it's, it's, it's a market that, you know, you, you think has this sense that it would uh, 
really not be committed to any type of buying interest because there's so many event risks here on the, on the near horizon. And, and uh, while there is an element of wait and see involved here, I mean, the S&P 500 is up 4% year to date before dividends. And so, you know, you could also make the case that we're doing that thing again where the market is simply climbing a wall of worry. And it has been certainly uh, uh, a bit of a learned instinct from past experience that uh, worst-case scenarios tend not to unfold, um, or at least are not allowed to unfold uh, on these big events. And, uh, and one of the, the staying factors there is, is the uh, understanding that you know, central banks around the world would have the markets back. And I think that that's really the key inflection point now is that while we're up for the year, I think the market still has in the back of its mind its, its nagging notion that, you know, central banks are not going to be that backstop any longer. And so you've got a, a market that's been on a tremendous run uh, for, you know, nine years now. Um, you have an economy that's looking pretty good. You have um, earnings growth that's been stupendous, and you have a market moving with, I guess you could say, some, some bridled enthusiasm um, because it's a little bit concerned as, as the market is a forward-looking entity that the best of days are, are behind it or are about to soon be behind it, uh, and, and therefore there's not as much of a willingness to pay up for every dollar of earnings this year as there has been in the past. <laughs> Got it. Now, moving forward to back to corporate earnings news and um, the almighty dollar and the buybacks, how have you felt 2018's been with the, with the tax cuts, with the repatriation of the dollars, um, with helping companies create better earnings per share by basically engineering a buyback, not necessarily growing, but just buying back more of their company? Right. Well, it certainly hasn't hurt things um, and has allowed them to do more of that. Um, but also, so has the persistence of low interest rates uh, through the year. We've had a lot of you know debt finance stock buyback activity, and uh, and so that becomes a a future risk, if you will, if if uh, interest rates you know move up and take that uh, option out of the equation. But you know, overall, you know, I think. You know, U.S. companies are certainly uh, feasting, in a certain sense, on the lower lower tax rate and the ability to repatriate that cash, and 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 it is leading to, you know, continued share buyback activity that remains a strong source of support for this equity market. Um, you know, as this, as I alluded to earlier, you know, the market being forward looking. You know, one of the restrictions on it this year is this idea that even though you've got great earnings growth here in 2018, forecast all the way through the end of the year, uh, the comparisons are going to be more difficult in 2019. You know, as we anniversary the uh, the initial impact of these of these lower tax rates, and so uh, you know, I think that's one of the the things that has been holding things back somewhat. Uh, and we'll have to see what goes on with earnings estimate trends as the year progresses. And if they can, if they start to come down, uh, then you could see a market that again kind of levels off here. <laughs> so we're kind of ending. No, we're not. No, we're not ending. Um, moving on to you know you know different angles here in corporate news in particular. Uh, we seem to be pretty well employed, and as long as we're pretty well employed, we tend to spend our paychecks according to my history of myself. Um, and then inflation's a little 
bit showing, but not too much. And then you, you know, factor in a couple other issues um, where we are spending. Retail's doing well. It looks good. Uh, so instead of looking for the shoe to drop, maybe we should be looking for the, the shoe to take the pressure off because there are some positives. Well, I think that's a very good observation, Rob, because, you know, you're right. Look, you know, approximately 70% of GDP is driven by consumer spending activity. Right. And you certainly have a backdrop right now that's supportive for a pickup in consumer spending activity in that you have such a tight labor market. You have uh, high levels of both business and, and consumer confidence. Um, and so, uh, you know, you have a... Uh, a sense here that, that consumer spending activities will certainly pick up from the first quarter um, and and remain pretty solid, you know, throughout the year. And I think you're, you know, the market has certainly been picking up on this of late, uh, feeling better about that potential. And you can see that in the outperformance of the the retail stocks as well as the broader consumer discretionary sector. Uh, so, uh, so I do think that is something to keep an eye on. And if the consumer does come through because income growth, wage growth picks up uh, as as a lot of people hope it will, uh, then you could have a pretty good you know back half of the year economically speaking that you know helps support these high earnings expectations and ultimately um, helps drive the stock market higher. <laughs> Is there anything that you're working on right now that we should be paying attention to as a good proxy of good reading for our future summer months? Well, I think, you know, this this week with respect to the, the big picture column, um, there's a lot going on this week that, that, you know, is very important from an event standpoint. And I suspect uh, uh, it'll be somewhat of a retrospective on uh, on what we learned this week from not only the North Korea summit, but from some of the econ data uh, and, and certainly from the, uh, the central bank meetings, uh, because all of that's going to factor prominently uh, as we move, you know, further into the summer months here. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us. Have a good day. And um, by all means, keep up the good work. So I always enjoy starting my day with uh, briefing.com's page one. So you can find Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. And they, they, they do a great job of just a ton of information. I could literally go on the show um, and bounce from topic to topic, whether it's the next big thing, which is all about IPOs, to the weekend perspective, looking at the big picture, the market view, strategy, market key points. Um, you know, the live and play breaks down everything as it's happened. All really good stuff. You can check out and learn more at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. What's your big issue today? What's your problem? Sit on my couch. We'll talk investing. Get you to retirement. Speaking of couches, we've got a seminar coming up a couple weeks from now. You can learn more by going to robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com, and signing up there, or robblack.com. Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning, June 28th. It's about a couple weeks, exactly. Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Registration is $25. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. It's, um, you know, as I'm getting older, these are kind of important to pull off. Knowing your income in retirement, it's a lot different than knowing your income when you're going to work for the man 
And I myself don't necessarily think the man is going to be the best person to work for forever and ever. So as it gets tougher and tougher, and you know, you're seeing McDonald's potentially replace all order takers with kiosks. Now, it doesn't mean they won't have people running around the store, you know, fixing things and talking to you and helping you with a kiosk because some people won't know what to do. But it shows you that things are changing. Don't think you're going to be doing the same old, same old forever more. So the stock market update today, we got the whole U.S. North Korea thing. I know you're saying the Golden State Warriors have a parade. I love a parade. The big baboons and ugly raccoons. Wait, wait, there's raccoons? What? Do you like parades? Because I don't like parades. If you've ever lived in New York City, you grow to hate parades. You grow to hate them with all the passion and vigor and spit and vile in your body. It's too much. It's too much. It's Saturday or Sunday and Manhattan shuts down because someone's having a National Pride Day. And when I say National Pride, I'm not going Pride Pride, as in Bay Area Pride. I'm going Lithuanian Farmer Heritage Parade. Then the next weekend, it's the the Albanian Minister's uh, Festival of, of Lights Parade. And you're like, no! And all it sounds like is a cacophony of noise. It's awful. So the U.S. North Korea summit ends with North Korea promising to denuclearize in exchange for security guarantees from the U.S. Details will be worked out in follow-up negotiations. Can't we all just get along and say, let's not nuke each other? Sure, right? Yeah. Now, who does this hurt? Lockheed Martin, for sure. And Raytheon. The world needs a good dictator if you're going to be selling weapons to potentially stop dictator from spreading his dictatorship. And that's what Lockheed Martin and Raytheon do. Restoration hardware is up 20% today. They had better than expected guidance. I don't really care for restoration hardware. And I, I hate their catalogs. Talking about reason to boycott a company. Their catalogs are, are epic. Dave and Buster's up 13.6% because people are going to play video games while eating crappy food. I mean, people are going to Dave and Buster's to enjoy their evenings with social alcoholic beverages. Oh, 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 look. They got a 1983 original Pac-Man. So that's the problem with Dave and Buster's, right? If you ever go into one, it's kind of an adult playground, right? Right, right, right. And while you're there, you'll be like, ooh, video games, right, right? And there's beer, beer, video games. Are, are there right? women? Beer, video games, and women? Woohoo! You're talking about 18-year-old Rob's perfect world. Sweet. Except for there's no women at David Buster's. And they're very expensive restaurants to invest in and make. So when you basically have that big... Space, square footage space, you have to pay for square footage. It's the same thing with Best Buy. I like Best Buy, but they got too many TVs. When you're a little kid and you walk in and you see all these TVs, you're overwhelmed. But those TVs take up space. They essentially could be people sleeping there. So why own a Best Buy store when you could own a condo or something, a duplex or 100 duplexes? So that's the problem. Sometimes you look at things like Dave and Buster's and you go, you know what? 
it looks like that's a pretty expensive business to start. But then again, you get people who have coins. Like I think I went once and I want to say I got a hundred dollars on four cards, and I probably spent, eh, let's say seventy. Where did that extra thirty go? Oh, I'll, I'll take it home, and next time I come, and then I never come, go again. And then one day I'm cleaning out the cabinets, and I go, oh, this is trash. This is trash. This is trash. I wonder if there's any money on there. Oh, just trash. I'll never go again. Go. Are you with me? Media is ailing. And no matter what AT&T and Time Warner do, if the courts allow them to merge or not, it's a different world. Google TV or YouTube TV, I have now. So I've started the process of cutting the cord. I haven't done it all yet, but I'm getting there. So media is hurting. It's hurting. We don't need a bazillion channels. And that used to be the answer. We'll raise prices and charge you more, but give you more. It's kind of hit a wall with Americans. I probably honestly watch more YouTube television, just regular YouTube, than I do television television. Now that I got YouTube TV, I think I think Google did a good product for guys who like some sports but don't, don't want that crazy, crazy Comcast relationship. And it is, it is a relationship, right? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, big event coming up. You can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge, June 28th, Thursday, 630 to 830. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of Contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.